First of all, I just want to thank you so much for the privilege it's been for my family and myself to be here, um, to be with you, to get to know you, and even if it's just a little while, but to, um, uh, yeah, just have conversations and, and, and hear of your desire to serve God and to be with God and to love Him and to, um, and to be close to Him. Uh, that's the desire of every believer. Every believer has this incredible desire to, to not only know God or be known by Him, but, but to know Him incredibly intensely um, well. And so um, it's been great for us. We, uh, Cornerstone is a church where we've got a lot of the more mature people in our church, and we've got maybe about five young families um, But we are so thankful for each member that is at our church. We are so thankful for their years of service to God and the examples they are, not only to myself as a a pastor, but uh, to our kids and and to my wife. Um, It it is so good to be able to serve there. And it's been great here this weekend. There's been some lots of craziness. Um, We've laughed a lot. It's, It's been so good, so, so good. Really enjoyed the trivia night, obviously because we won. Um... (laughs) But it's, it's, it's so good to, um, to have fun together and, and just be, be, be a family together. We are. We're brothers and sisters. We've got a, we've got a common bond. We've got a, a brother that has, has, has spoken to the Father, and, and the Father has adopted us into his family. And so there's this bond that we have that, that is going to last for all eternity. So getting to know each other now when we get to heaven one day, hey, you remember? <laughs> so it's, 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 it's great. It really is. Um, James 4.8 that we had a look at, uh, had a look at uh, 8 to 10 is often called um, the New Testament 2 Chronicles 7.14, the promise for the church. And it's a great promise, um, James uh, chapter 4, 8 to 10, as we looked at and, and, and come to understand of, of, of having clean hands and a pure heart, of having a heart cleansed by, by, by the Spirit, of all sin, of, of everything that's inside that is detrimental to our journey with Christ. But I'd like to take just a a bit of a a, a detour. Um, Psalm 19 must be one of my most favorite psalms. I I think I love it so much because it it gives us an idea of of who God is and how he interacts with us. It starts off, if you've got your Bibles open, verses 1 to 6. It it looks at general revelation, revelation around us. The sun, if we look over a grand vista and and we see the vastness of God's creation before us, you stand there and it's almost like, wow, look at this. There's a place in, in South Africa called God's Window, and you kind of travel up, travel up. Then you get to the top, and there's a lot of trees. You can go through the trees, and you're on the edge of a cliff, and it just goes out before you. It's like you can see for eternity. And, and, and there's that wow factor that you stand there, and you, you take it in. It, it becomes part of you, and you say, God, how? How is it possible that you can create all of this? And, and for me for my enjoyment, that, that I can have a connection to you, that, that, that I can look at this and I can say, man, there has to be a God out there. There has to be somebody who's created this creation so that he can touch my heart. Then verses 7 um, 
to 11, we'll look at special revelation. That's God's word. As he reveals himself and, and, and exposes our sin, as we look at, at, at passages like the Ten Commandments, how the, 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 the light of the Holy Spirit then shines a light on our hearts and exposes our sinful nature, exposes every bit of sin that's in our hearts. We can't help but say, wow, this is a God that really cares. This is a God that's intimate, that, that, that is personal, because he's looking at me, he's looking at my heart, and he's exposing the things that I sometimes don't want to be exposed. But once they are exposed and they are forgiven, there's a freedom. There's a freedom of saying, oh God, I, I want to serve you. I want to do everything possible so that I can draw near to you. And then lastly, 12 to 14, we've got personal revelation. God, God, God works in creation. Then he works through his word. But finally, he takes his finger and he places it right on your heart. Have you ever had a person push their finger? <laughs> kind of when you may be younger or, or somebody's accusing you and, they, and, and, and you get all riled up and you just want to swing. That's kind of what God does right here. Who can discern his errors? Who? Doesn't that remind you a bit of Job? When Job has got these railings against God, and then God says, well, just answer these questions. (laughs) Where were you when I? And Job sits there, and his mouth is closed. So yeah, on a very personal level, God is poking us in the chest. Who can discern his errors? If God did not expose your sin for what it is, who could discern? We are on a journey. If we're not going to God, we're going away from God. And our natural disposition is to go away from God, away from holiness, away from anything that is is driving us towards God. We want to go away because we don't want to be exposed for who we are. Declare me innocent from hidden faults. We're going to be partaking in the wonderful, wonderful uh, remembrance of Christ and, and, and what he did for us. The declaration of our innocence does not happen through our own works, through our own words, through our own actions. It goes through what Christ did for us on the cross. That's the declaration. Once we know our sin and we come in repentance because he's exposed us and there's nothing else we can do, we can fall only on our knees before Jesus And we could say, Lord, save me. Please forgive me for my sin. This is my specific sin. This is the sin that you've been poking me in the chest for. Please forgive me. And then that declaration comes. You are free. You are innocent of that sin. That sin no longer applies to you. It is gone forever. Only Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is able to keep back us, his servants, from presumptuous sin. And we know what those presumptuous sins are. Those sins that that we presume that is okay. We presume that, that, that God will forgive us because he's a loving, forgiving God. But if we continue in our sinfulness... If we continue in, in, in the lust of life, in the desire of our humanity, what forgiveness is there? 
The psalmist says, let not them have dominion over me. Don't let them rule over me, God. Please, I I, I long to be close to you, but please don't let this have dominion over me. That word dominion is is something we don't really use a lot today unless we say dominion of darkness. But in in the old days when you had these, these, these feudal lords that would have dominion over people and would tax them to the hilt and they were kept poor and kept um, without any way to, to, to fight back. That's the image that you must get in your mind. That Satan has got dominion over your heart if you don't want to draw close to Jesus. That dominion of darkness is so well-pressed over your life, over your family's life, that nothing can break through that darkness. Nothing except Jesus himself. And he says, then I shall be blameless. (sighs) That sin is gone. That weight is lifted. There's no longer a, 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 a noose around my neck. There is innocence. Innocence from great transgression. Even the slightest little sin that you commit is a great transgression before the living God because it's rebellion in His sight. He will not excuse a sin. A sin keeps you away from the very presence of God. And then these incredible words, verse 14. And I love these words because, because it, it speaks so much of, of what I want to be, of what I long to be day and night, moment by moment. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, you know that from the heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart does not speak something different to what your mouth does. Whatever comes out of your mouth comes from your heart, comes from your intellect, comes from your very being, and your mouth speaks it. But yeah, the psalmist is saying, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God so longs for, 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 for the words that come out of our mouth to be part of the heart that he's given us. That new heart, that transformed heart, that renewed piece of clay that he's molding day by day. Acceptable in your sight. As we spoke yesterday, God sees us. As through a, and through a magnifying glass, he sees everything. And we cannot hide. Oh, I long to be acceptable in the Lord's sight. I long to have him look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Even here on earth. I would long for that, to hear those words. I know I'm only going to hear them one day when I pass through death and, and, and into eternal life with, with, with Jesus. But I want to be faithful. I so long to be faithful to the God who loves me, who's given everything for me. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord speaks of somebody that, that, that I've submitted to, that I've done everything to, to, to leverage absolutely everything to be a part of, of his kingdom. My rock and my redeemer. The place that I can be that is strong, that is, that is so close to my heart. The person who brought me back is going to be my strength. He's going to be my rock. He's going to be the person that I can run to, that refuge in times of trouble. Oh, what a joy the psalm is. 
I, I love reading it over and over and over because it reminds me of the progression of revelation that God gives us moment by moment, day by day. And sometimes we're just oblivious to it. We live in such a beautiful part of, of, of Brisbane. Um, it's, I'd say, five minutes to the bay. And um, a lot of times I'll meet with guys. Uh, we do accountability together. So we, we'll meet right on Cleveland Point. And, and you're there, and it's nice and cool. And then you see the sun rising over the water. And could you get a better place? It's just, it's just beautiful. And so having read this over and over and over, this is incredibly special. I pray that you will also read this psalm and, and, and it'll become really special to you and, and it'll remind you of, of God's goodness to you, not only in nature, not only in his word, but in his son, that his son would be so impressed upon your heart that, that you will have joy in your heart always. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. God is waiting with open arms for you to draw near. Right now, right this very moment. Regardless of what's hindering you. God has made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. Remember we read yesterday in Hebrews, the the, the heart sprinkled with his blood. To cleanse it from all sin. God is waiting. So, Bruce, big question. Last session, how do we do this? We've had all this, this, this um, theological stuff and the doctrinal, and like Paul, he does in his epistles. The first couple of chapters are all theory, and then he gets practical. Then he starts poking you in the chest, and he says, this is what you are supposed to do. So let's, I've got a couple of points, and I just want to go through them. And you know these points. But I want to remind you, in light of what we've studied over these last uh, uh, two sessions, number one, read God's Word. Have a plan. Tackle the Word. See it as, a, as, as an incredible project. See it as a, as a treasure that you are going to be diving into so that you can take out the, the, the big gold nuggets and those beautiful rubies and the diamonds that you can own and can be part of your own heart. So that one day when, when you are caught without scripture, without your phone, that God can bring to mind these beautiful truths of his word. And that can be like a refuge that you can run to, that you can take shelter in because the Most High will cover you. Go about it in an orderly way so as to know who God is and what he desires of you. Have a plan. Take, take, take a, a plan and, and start reading. I know we're already in May. Start again. A, a, a famous quote guy, I can't even remember who it is. He says, you know what is good about a believer, a true believer? He falls seven times, but he gets up eight. Don't stay down. If you've tried reading scripture, read it again. Try again. Try, try, try until God is able to really Grab hold of your heart. That's firstly, read God's word. Number two, spend time, quality time with God. Dallas Willard said, eliminate hurry ruthlessly. Eliminate hurry ruthlessly. We are all scurrying around like with so much to do. 
There's so many things that we have to do, so many important things that we have to do. And yet the real vital things, the life-giving things, we kind of put to the edges of our existence. Stop rushing around so much. Plan your days. Plan your days. Make every moment count for God's kingdom. Ephesians 5, 16 says, Make the best use of your time because the days are evil. The days are going to want to push you into a mold that you do not belong to as a believer. The evil one, if he can't tempt you, he will lead you to be inefficient. And it's so, it's so easy to be inefficient. There's so many things that you can do um, that, that, that skirts around what God really wants for you. It's so much easier as a pastor just to go drink coffee at places and make as if you're doing your work. And, and, and you know, and oh, I'm busy with this and I'm busy with that. But Bruce, are you busy in God's word? Are you busy praying for your flock? Are you busy uh, really uh, going to people and, 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 and praying with them and praying for them? What did Jesus do? Well, he made time early in the morning. And in the day, he, w- he went alone with his father. Do it. Put it as a non-negotiable in your diary planning. Seriously, that's what I do. My diary is, it's important. I have to. Sherry and I, we, we, we also rush and we, we, we don't see each other that much. But we've got an app called um, Daily Bread. We love, uh, from old Daily Bread, the little, I remember when I was in the police force, my sister used to send me these little books. And it's fantastic just to read. Now you get an app and it reads itself to you. <laughs> How easy is that? But it's so good. We sit in bed and we'll... Um, before the days bega- began, obviously we go get coffee, uh, get a coffee, and we sit in bed. There we go. I'm glad you agree with me. Um, Hebrews, yeah. Um, so then we we, we listen to um, daily bread, and 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 the kids will come and join us, and and we'll sit there, and and then we'll pray. Take that time, that quality time, use it wisely. It is so essential to do that. Number three, have family time of talking about God, His Word, and about what we can do in response to His Word. We so, in our hurry, we don't eat together. In our hurry, we don't eat at the table. It is so important. I've always, you know, let's just get in front of the idiot box and, and have our dinner and not talk to anybody. Let's just do that. No, let's, let's get to the table. Try it once a week if you're not doing it already. Try it once a week where you sit around the table. Have a devotional book right there on the table. Get into the habit. You, you, you young, fresh, married people, get into the habit of doing that. Make that a staple of your everyday life. Of having a clean table. Any table in a house that is clean gets filled. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's books and it's, it's bags and it's socks and it's washing and it's, it's everything on the table except what's supposed to be on the table. I, 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 I know this sounds strange, but I love cooking. I absolutely love it. I, and I'm very flexible, so I do a lot of the cooking at home. So I'll do a roast and we'll have it on the, and, and then we'll sit around and chat and Sharon's parents are there right now and, um, and, and, and we'll just have a great time. Family time is around a table, around a meal, with the Word of God. Having God's Word right there at your disposal. There's a really good um, uh, 
Uh, it's called, uh, a book, it's called New City Catechism. I don't know if anybody knows it. It is phenomenal. And it's 52 uh, questions and answers. And it talks about who God is. It deals with, with everything to do with who God is, the Holy Spirit, Jesus. Um, and, 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 and you can do one a week. One a week. That's it. But it gets your kids to understand who Christ is. And what Christianity is really about. One of my most favorite, favorite books is John MacArthur's Drawing Near. I love John MacArthur. I grew up listening to him and and just love his his exposition of scripture. Oh, it's so good. So grace to you. You can go on the website and there's even um, a section under that which is drawing near. I've got the books. I'm, you can see, I'm, I'm real old-fashioned. I write out all my sermons. I type some of them out, but I don't know. There's just something about writing something down that, that really gets me going. Um, and uh, so uh, strength for today is one, and drawing near is another. And I've, I've, I've read through both of them many times. And, and uh, there's underlining and uh, you know, marks in the margin and... and, and, and Scripture as well. I love, I love marking and putting down things that helps me remember things later. Do that. Do that at the table. Get your kids to get their Bibles out or their Bible apps and, 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 and read Scripture. Get them to read Scripture. It doesn't matter how small they are. It doesn't matter how old they are. They need God's Word. Each one of us need, needs God's Word. For us to, to function as believers, as true believers, we need the Word of God. I mentioned yesterday, um, RZIM, uh, Ravi Zacharias, listen, uh, we listen to Ravi Zacharias all the time, all the time. Uh, love his wit, his humor, his jokes. Um, he is brilliant. Um, so we actually, before we go to bed, it's a, the messages are broken up into smaller pieces. So they are 26 minutes in, you know, so it's just enough time to go to sleep at night. <laughs> I put it on and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just, it'll be on for five minutes and I'm, I'm lights out. Not because it's boring, but because it's so soothing and it's so, and, and we'll listen to them in bed. And sometimes we'll listen to about six or seven and we look again and it's like 11 or 12 o'clock at night and, and time has just flown because we've, we've been communing with God through the media of somebody actually speaking to us. Actually talking about God's word and, 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 and what he desires for us. It is such a beautiful thing to do, to listen to God's word. I don't know who your favorite preachers are, and um, some are very, very, very long. Um, there's, a, there's a favorite of mine, Alistair Begg. He's just, this guy's got a Scottish accent, and it's just so rich, and, oh, and when he speaks, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Just, just so good. That's number three, um, and that was uh, family time talking. Number four, accountability. Accountability. I know we, 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 we say we need accountability, but we need to act on that. We need to find ourselves a person who's going to be able to sit with us, listen to us, that we can feel free to express even our deepest, darkest desires within our hearts to that person. That we can, we can uh, trust that person, that we can meet regularly, that we can get down and they can look at you and they can poke you in the chest and say, how is your quiet time going? How is your time with Christ? What sins have you committed this week? That's a tough one. Look for somebody that you can do that with. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you have your devotional time with your spouse, but have somebody of the same sex and around about the same age. Um, it doesn't have to be, but it's accountability is, is, is so important in that this is a place and a person that you can go to that you can pour your heart out. That sometimes you can't really, you, you know, you, you want to tell your spouse everything, but there's, 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 there's just sometimes that you need to be with a person who's of the same sex, that, 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 that's almost of the same age, that you can, you can just talk about things. Um, it is so important. Um, I, for, for, for many years, met with two other young guys every Friday morning at 5 o'clock in the morning in South Africa. We would, for about four or five years, we did that. And it was incredible. And I remember the one morning, which was just mind-blowing. It was my birthday, and it was Easter Friday on the same day. And we met together, and we had communion. And wow, just that, that just stands out. That must have been about 12 years ago or so. And you never forget those moments of intimacy with one another. Where, where, where you're able to confess your sin. Were you able to say, I've really screwed up. I've really messed up. Will you pray for me? Will you help me? I, I don't know what to do. My heart is broken. And I'm, I'm talking to God, but I need you. I need you to pray with me. That is so, so important. Hold one another accountable for what you read, what you watch, what you say, what you do. That accountability is so important because you know the next week when you meet with that person and they look you in the eye... Boy, oh boy, some soul-searching happens. In that accountability meeting, read Scripture together. Have a book that you're going to be going through. Favorite one to start with is James, because there's no hiding from James. James will find you out. And then, importantly, pray together. Pray. Pray for one another. We are meant to do this together. This is a spiritual journey together. You're not an island on your own. God didn't take a coal out of a fire and put it on its own and, 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 and mean for it to just glow and glow and glow. It fizzles out. Let's glow together. That's number four. Number five, really important. Really, really, really important. Do a Joseph. Run from sin. Run. Get your, make sure your running shoes are on all the time and run like crazy. Get out of there. If there's any hint of sin anywhere near you, get out of there. Sin separates us from the presence of God. Don't put yourself in the position to be caught up in sin. It is so easy to gossip. It's so easy to tell dirty jokes. It's so easy to kind of catch a bit of a, a TV show that is, is a bit skew. Don't do it. Don't watch that movie. Don't watch that TV show. Don't uh, listen to suggestive music. If people are pulling you down, get better people around you. The company keep, we, we keep usually says a lot about who we are. Be around people. And I'm not saying just be around believers. That that's, that's kind of defeats the point of, of, of spreading God's word. But get around people who have got a moral compass in their hearts. Even if they don't know that it's from God, tell them where it comes from. Tell them that, that it didn't come from a prime ordeal uh, uh, slime 
that was produced and then we kind of slithered out of there. No, this comes from the living God who's given us statutes and commandments in his word. Number six, be part of a church where God's word is preached and lived out. Yes, it's great to have God's words preached, God's word preached, but is it lived out? Is it lived out in, in, in communion with one another? Can we, can we look at each other and say, man, I want to follow that person as they follow Christ? Old or young, it doesn't matter. Follow them as they follow Christ. Number seven, be accountable to your pastor and to your leaders. Really, 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 really important. God has put them in a place of responsibility, not to lord over you, not to have authority over you, and to tell you what to do. But he's got an enormous responsibility, so have your elders, to lead you in the way that Christ would have you go. Be accountable to them. Go to them. Ask them to pray for you. Make it a regular practice. So we, as a family, are really battling. There's, there's something that's got into our family, and, and we don't know what. Would you pray for us? That is one of the most freeing things for a pastor to hear one of his congregation come up to him and say, Hey, Steve, would you pray for us? Wow, I love it. Every time it happens, I get goose flesh at church. Because it says that these people really respect the responsibility that God's given me and, 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 and is leading me in a way that I can lead them. Then lastly, and this I should have actually said first, pray, pray, pray. Not just a grocery list. Not just something that, God, um, uh, will you do this? Amen, I'm out of here. I'm going to go enjoy my life. God's got this now. No. Earnestly seek him in prayer. Earnestly come to the foot of the cross, moment by moment, day by day, and say, Lord, would you have mercy on me? Paul says, pray without ceasing. And that's very practical because as you're going about your daily chores, as you're going to a meeting, as you're going to the, 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 the store to do something, you see people around you. People are lost. People are on their way to hell. They're one step away from destruction. Pray for that person. Pray for those people. I remember years and years ago, um, there were two of us. One was a Baptist and the other one was a Presbyterian worshiping at a Methodist church crazy. And um, there was a prayer meeting that we started, this guy and myself, and nobody else joined us. So the two of us just decided, we're going to pray. We're going to meet every Wednesday. And they had three beautiful crosses at the foot of the cross. And that's where we're going to pray. And um, for weeks, we prayed, prayed, prayed. And then uh, Jamie said to me, he said, Bruce, I, I had to go into hospital for a silly little procedure. And yeah, next to me was a guy that was involved in a motorbike accident. He'd, he was basically a vegetable. There were pipes and tubes and everything coming all out of him. Um, I think we need to go pray for him. And I'm like, really? I haven't done anything like that before. But hey, if you think it's, 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 it's the right thing to do, um, we're going to go and pray for him. So we went to the, 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 the nurses and we said, look, this is going to sound strange. We, we want to, yeah, yeah, come in. And we got there and uh, we put our hands on the guy and we prayed and prayed and prayed and earnestly prayed. Um, I think it was two days later, they said he came off life support. He was, this guy was sitting up in bed eating. He was, <laughs> three, days late, uh, uh, three days after that, they released him. They said, this is impossible. How is this even possible? But 
through God, everything is possible. If, if, if Jamie hadn't said to me, Bruce, let's go pray. Let's be faithful because God has spoken to me. Let's go and pray. We wouldn't have done this and this guy possibly wouldn't have been healed. And that's nothing to do with me. That's not me. It's all of God. We wanted to be obedient to his word, but most importantly, to his commandments. And have faith that God can do the work that we are totally unprepared to do. Oh, thank you so much. This has been such an incredible weekend for us. We, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I get really excited when, when I not only have to... Um, study God's word, but then I have to deliver it. So I get a double blessing this side. It, it just absolutely fills me and enthuses me um, about his word. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Let's have a couple of moments of silence as we speak to him and, and also prepare our hearts for, for the table that's, that's awaiting us. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, here we are, your children, just waiting for every word from you. Lord, I pray that we would be obedient, that you would teach us how to be obedient, that you would show us your ways moment by moment, day by day. Lord, help us be practical about our Christianity. Help us to be true believers, people who, who are called according to your word. Oh, Lord Jesus, we long, we long to see you face to face. But for now, you've given us a task, and that is to be salt and light. So, Lord, help us be salt and light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.